Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is March 13th. My name is Chris, joined as always by my co-host, Pat. We are coming to you from sunny Southern California. It is sunny once again. Yes, it is. It is beautiful. Um, I do want to Uh-oh. start out the podcast with a little shout out to Uh-oh. Danae Rivers, becoming a NCAA Indoor Track and Field National Champion, uh, 800 meter. Congrats. And by the way, I saw the just the end clip. What a comeback this this woman had. Like she was I th- I think only in like third place and made like an incredible kick down the stretch. Congrats to Danae, making us in Elines proud. That's fantastic. The 800 meters if you are not a track and field fan is a brutal race. Yeah. Uh 400 meters is typically your fastest like sprinters, mid-distance sprinters. 800 is just two of those, so you got to be running as fast as you can. Two laps around your high yeah, school Yeah, I mean that, that's one of those, like a 400, because you, you basically have to sprint to 400, mm-hmm. so it's, it's very tough. And 800 isn't short enough to be a long-distance race. That's what I'm so saying. So you they still just do it really twice. have to run they hard. They just sprint that shit twice. Yeah, that is, that's a rough one. Good for you, Danae. Congrats. Yeah, that's congratulations. Amazing. If you are a new listener, we normally don't jump right into it, but national champ, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, so I mean, you, you got you to gotta highlight the program with that. Absolutely. Especially congrats. for you know a sport we don't cover all yeah. the time. Yeah, so if you are a new listener, we are primarily a Penn State football podcast. Uh, recently getting into the world of wrestling. We'll call secondarily of Penn State wrestling We are wrestling podcast. as well. Pat has has covered us top to bottom, all things wrestling. We got a lot to get into. During this episode, we're going to start with some football. We're going to talk NFL free agency, spring practice for Penn State starting today. We're going to review the combine. We haven't recorded since then uh, and preview the NFL draft a little bit. Then we will get into wrestling. Big Ten Conference Championship. Is that what you call it? Yep. Conference meet? Big Ten Conference Championship. Yep. Uh, conference tournament, if you conference will. Conference tournament. Obviously, uh, some good results. Spoil, the Big Ten Championships. Tease. Um, yeah, a lot to get into. So let's, let's jump think, right into it. I think it. we could even talk a little, you know, give a little mention to Penn State basketball at the basketball. end of this, too. You know? Man, you know, this is a good episode. You know why this is a good episode? I actually a lot have, of good things to talk about. I actually have a quick announcement. Do you know that this episode, if you exclude the first, like, preview that I did, which was three and a half minutes long, this is our 25th episode. Wow. Congrats to us. 25 episodes. I know. A, lot, a lot of good things going around. So I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's spring practice starting today. I don't know if it's wrestling winning, but I just feel good. And you know what 25 reminds me of? Reminds me of, you know, you're starting to go to weddings. There's weddings. Got to go with the black ducks. <laughs> 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 Got to go with the black ducks now. <laughs> Look at that segue. Uh, if you stick around, we do have a new advertiser, the black ducks. Uh, you'll hear from them in a minute. Pat, you are born for this. But before we get to that, let's uh, let's get into some content for the people. Absolutely. Uh, Going to start with some NFL free agency. So a lot going on. Uh, Pat and I are Jets fans, so shout out Le'Veon Bell. Hell yeah. Thank God. Uh, but crazy stuff happening. Antonio Brown traded. Odell Beckham traded. Uh, but mm. I think one of the cool things about NFL free agency – He's tracking some former Penn State players and, and where they end up. So to go quickly through some of it, some of our guys got paid. Yes, sir. Um, start down in Tampa Bay. Donovan Smith, left tackle uh, for the Buccaneers, re-signed with the Bucks. Three years, $41 million, $27 million guaranteed. I mean, that's pretty great. You know, with left tackle, it's going to be one of those positions where you're not going to – he's not going to be – it's not a sexy player to have in the NFL – He's not going to be the guy who's on Sports Center who, you know, is racking up stats when people talk about Penn State alums. But he's a guy who's going to be in the league for like 10 seasons, I bet, and gets a good amount of money. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, it's one of the most important positions in football. It's protecting your quarterback. And, and Donovan, Donovan gets a little bit of flack. I, I see, like, uh, I see Tampa Bay Bucks fans, like, chirping him for being inconsistent or not being good enough. But the way I'll say it is, 
if you have someone at left tackle who is even slightly above average and stays healthy, he's worth paying. Yeah, you're Donovan ahead of the game. Smith has started every single game since he's been drafted. He hasn't missed one. Yeah. You and I know from being Jets fans, DeBrickshaw Ferguson started every game for yep. 10 years, one of the best draft picks of all time. Because, yes, again, sir. you never have to think about it. So, congrats, Donovan Smith, getting paid. Uh, next up, Adrian Amos, safety for the Chicago Bears, goes to an in-conference rival, Green Bay Packers. Four years, 37 million, 21 in the first two years, 21 mil. So, Amos, uh, I, I love this guy. Great player. He's been like, uh, you know, I always loved him at Penn State, but he wasn't a guy I would have predicted to be like a serious NFL standout. I mean, I think he's going to be a pro. He's going to be a pro bowler in his career. Yeah, he's he's and this is shout out to our terrible staffs department, a.k.a. myself. I don't know if he's made one before, um, but he's come on as, as a really good safety in this league. If you remember, he started his career with Penn State as a corner. Uh, they moved him to safety either his junior or senior year, and that's when he really started blossoming. Uh, had a great, great run with the Bears, and, I mean, this is the business, right? Bears fans are probably pissed he's going to the Packers, but you know what? It's they good money. Paid him. Best of luck to you, Adrian Amos. Uh, next up, Jesse James, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is now with the Tennessee Titans. Four years, 25 mil with 11 guaranteed. Um, pretty good for uh, a role-player tight end. He, ne he never really yeah. was – the guy in in Pittsburgh. There were some games where he, you know, he shined, but he, he was always like a, a tight end two yeah, for them. Had that controversial, obvious touchdown that got called back. It was a touchdown. I think we can all agree. Um, but good money for him. And and in Tennessee, I know Delaney Walker was hurt last year. I don't know what they're gonna do with him. So opportunity awaits, which I think is awesome. Yeah, um, he's definitely the kind of player that can make the most of an opportunity. You know, he's probably not gonna be like a Pro Bowl tight end at any point in his career. But he's going to have a good NFL career, yeah. you know, and he's going to do good things for whatever team he's on. Absolutely. And I feel like and, and maybe this is just like recency bias because this is when we really started becoming fans of the program. But I feel like he's he started kind of a rung of good tight ends at Penn State. Like, oh, for sure. Him, you know, I think he was one of the first ones. Him, yeah. Gesicki, Kyle Carter, even some of the other guys that, that went through it. Um, shout out to the outlaw Jesse James in Tennessee. Next up, Cameron Wake, uh, Miami Dolphin. Uh, I believe he's the Dolphins all-time sack leader, maybe second in sacks. No, um, there's no – they had Jason Taylor. Okay, there's no maybe, way he can be the all-time sack leader. He's something. <laughs> Again, I'm not good at stats, guys, but he's 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 up there in one of the categories. I'll look it up. Um, but he also goes to Tennessee, so joining Jesse James. He's got a three-year $23 million with $10 million guaranteed. So for Cameron yeah, Wade. When did he graduate? It's a while back. He's one of our older guys in the league. Um, let's see. Looking it up, looking it up. Um, while we're looking that up, uh, some others. Uh, Stefan Wisniewski. Is it Stefan? Steven? Yeah. Yep, Stefan Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Let go by Philly. Um, That's a bummer. It is, because I, I think he's a – I'd like to see the Jets pick him up, though. I would be very okay with it. Jets need he's offensive linemen. He's line a good help. offensive lineman. Yeah, absolutely. He plays a little bit of center, too, though, and doesn't he? Is he uh, a center? Yeah, he plays yeah. center for them. Yep, absolutely. Um, so he is let Jets go by Philly. Uh, has not found a home yet, but – He's one I'm of those guys sure who can will. play, like, center or guard, if I'm correct. I think, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because he played both for Penn State, I yep. think. And I think he's played both in the league, too. Yeah. I, thi I think he's played guard. I think he's primarily a center, and Jets need a center. Yes, um, they do. So I would be very okay with that. A couple others. Sean Lee restructured <coughs> his deal to stay in Dallas, um, basically cut his, like, guaranteed money and shifted it to incentives, which makes, makes sense. sense. Makes sense for Dallas. Doesn't make sense for him. Cause right. I mean, I, he's got trouble staying on the field. Is really his only – like, the only thing bad thing you can say about Sean Lee is NFL career is he's injury prone. 
I would love to see what that guy could do, like if he's just consistently on the field three seasons in a row. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. It makes it he makes was sense. at one point like the best linebacker in the NFL for like two years. Yes, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think like, like a like, few years back. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. And and yeah, he's a guy who I mean he is the epitome of Penn State success with honor, right? Best guy, Hell yeah. excellent on the field. So I think for him, it's like. He's kind of the face of that Dallas defense. He wants to stay there. He doesn't want to go try to start over somewhere, especially when he knows there's a health concerns. He's probably okay taking a couple million dollars less, making making it up in incentives if he's healthy. And and he's one I think probably is is the guy that likes to mold like the young younger For sure. linebackers. I could definitely see they that. got uh, what's his name, kid from Boise State, Vanderesh, a uh, kid who wears the yeah. cowboy collar. Who I is, hate that look. Is Sean Lee esque though? You know, flashy white linebacker, right? Like I'm sure he's hanging out. Uh, Trying, trying to make sure they're all. Never been a fan of the cowboy collar look. No. No, I don't. I don't mind a neck roll, but a cowboy collar, I can't get behind. I, yeah, because I was gonna say I liked like whatever Cabinda did, but I think that was more of a neck roll. Yeah, I think you have the neck roll. Okay, here nor there. Um, Sean Lee, hope you get healthy. Hope you get to play. Uh, Robbie Gould, uh, all-time great kicker, got franchise yeah. tagged by the 49ers, so he'll be sticking around for the 49ers. Um, I think those are all the updates, but I do have breaking news from the stats department, a.k.a. myself. Mm-hmm. Cameron Wake, number two on the Dolphins' all-time sack list. Uh, you are Fine, Jason Taylor. Very correct. Jason Taylor <laughs> is ahead by 33 sacks. Quite a few. But not bad. 98 sacks. I mean, number two in any organization all-time in sacks. Yeah. Quite impressive. The Dolphins are kind of a shithole, but still. 98 sacks over his time But, but Jason Taylor is also one of the best defensive, line, defensive ends to ever you know, best pass rushers to ever play the game. Yeah, how about of all time? Yeah. Um, like, in recent years, probably only behind Strahan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Cameron Wake, going back to that conversation from five minutes ago, you guys will figure this out, uh, came into the league in 2009. So he joins okay, yeah. his, you know, 10 years in the league, 98 sacks. He's a productive player. He, he'll be consistent. He'll be nice for Tennessee. That's great, yeah. Um, nine, so all nine all, sac- basically 10 sacks a season. Yeah. That's pretty great. Pretty damn good. Uh, all in all, yeah. Guys are getting paid. Guys are doing good things in the league. Always love to see uh, Penn Staters succeed. So congrats to mm-hmm. all of them getting that money. All right. Uh, let's pivot. Spring practice. Day one starts today. Penn State is back on the field. Yes, sir. Um, obviously not a ton to talk about from day one, but a, but a couple of storylines I want to get over. We weren't at practice, so we don't know a lot about it. We weren't, yeah. Unfortunately, we have real jobs. Uh, maybe one day this will yeah. be our job, and we'll get to go to practice. A um, couple things. Want to start off with one uh, somewhat somber note. Um, so Franklin was going over guys that are going to miss spring practice. Juice Scruggs, uh, second year in the program, offensive lineman, uh, was in a car accident and he will miss spring practice. Oh, so no yeah. specifics, but Juice, if you're listening, we hope you get better. We hope oh, you're yeah. okay. The, um, the good news there is all he says he's going to miss spring practice. That makes me think it's not that bad. Exactly, and and they're not you know out of respect for him and his family, they're not going to disclose details. But we we hope yeah, for a quick speedy recovery. Um, another guy who is going to miss uh, spring practice for a different reason, Mac Hippenhammer, young wide receiver. Really? Uh, he is going to be focusing on baseball. So if you don't know this, Mac uh, Hippenhammer. I didn't even know he played. He's a two-sport athlete, uh, plays, I want to say maybe shortstop or maybe outfield. Maybe. I'm just guessing. I'm, I'm really It's one of those nine positions. It's one of the nine. Uh, it's not pitcher. I'll say, you know, you know what? It probably is pitcher if I say yeah, that. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was a cool, cool quote from Franklin um, because basically he said it's always been part of the conversation. When we recruited him, we knew he was a two-sport athlete. We knew this was part of the deal. Last year, he split time between the two in spring, and it was difficult and it was hard. So 
this year he's focusing on baseball for all spring, and he said he's he's the Bo Jackson for us. So I, I thought it was yeah, cool man. to acknowledge it. I like it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I so. know I didn't I didn't even know that about him. Yeah, and and from I mean from what I read, he's he's a good player. You know, I see the highlights on Twitter. I'm not a not a huge Penn State baseball fan. I'll I'll say that they've never been too great while we were there, but I they I, they might not have lost a game yet this season. Yeah, we'll we'll do some research. We'll we'll get back to you, Mac. But hope you do well. Hope you play well, and and looking forward to getting him back. Because again, we talked about you know the wide receiver room being kind of young. He was he he could be a guy that steps in and, and gets some meaningful reps. Um, so would like to see him succeed yeah. in both sports. Uh, a couple other notes just from spring practice. Uh, Tommy Stevens will play, but they said kind of limited to start. Got to see if he's going to be full go or not. We know he had surgery uh, towards the end of the last season. Uh, and this is going to be a topic that we will hear about throughout the entirety of spring practice. Is Tommy healthy? Will he be QB1? Wow, Sean's getting more reps. He looks really good. It's going to go back and forth. So I, I don't have a lot to say on this one, but happy that he's at least starting the practice. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to know that his recovery must be going well if he's already in the conversation to start practicing. Yeah. And one thing I will shout out, uh, Audrey Snyder, one of my favorite writers, she writes for The Athletic, had an article on Tommy. Um, Really, really good article. Uh, Again, this is not an ad. This is just me really liking them. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, do it. It's like four bucks a month. They have hands down the best written content in sports, like better than ESPN, better than Bleacher Report. These people know what they're doing. I like Audrey's phenomenal. She too. is, and and the article on Tommy was really great because it was it was a real look at like the things he's been through of having to wait his turn and then looking at transferring and then the injuries and it's kind of you know it's very real of him being like yeah it has sucked and this isn't how I planned it but you know ready to go ready to take over and really good article check that out if you have a chance. Um, let's see what else what else what else <coughs> spring practice uh, newcomers so we have ten. Ten early enrollees, I believe, from, nice. from the new class. So I want to go over a couple uh, jersey numbers and then height, weight measurements. Give me your just quick thoughts as we go through these. So the first one that stings for me a little bit. Incoming quarterback, Taquan Roberson, jersey number number nine. It's a bold statement as a, uh, as a true freshman there. <sighs> it's... And it's one of those things, like, I know you don't retire numbers in college, right? I it know just, you don't, Does you were happen. going to. Like, here's what I would say. Could you maybe do, like, a, like a two-year hiatus? Like, hey, for two years, no one can wear this. Then once we've, once we've had time to move on from Trace, then yeah. someone can take I it don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. Um, <laughs> take one. I hope you're a really good quarterback, but that one stung a little bit. Uh, quick uh, number update. Not a new guy, but Ricky Slade, uh, running back, wore number four last year. He is back to number three, which is his high school number. His good Twitter number. handle used to be, like, the Slade era three. Uh, so he's back to that. You'll you'll see number three running wild this year. Getting into heights and weight. So obviously one of the things that we love to obsess over is, oh, this kid is huge, or wow, that kid needs to add weight. Very dumb. I'm very aware of that, but it's yeah. spring practice, so we're going to go through some. What else? Yeah, there's not much else to talk about. All right, so the linebackers coming in, uh, the two guys that we've talked a ton about, Brandon Smith My man. and Lance Dixon, uh, both expected to be early contributors. Lance Dixon comes in at 6'2", 213. Brandon Smith at 6'3", 231. Um, I like that second one a little better. Yeah, Brandon, I mean, the, the kid's an athletic freak. Uh, comparing to what Micah is listed at right now, Micah's at 6'3", 243. So he's got Oof. about 14, now 13 pounds on him, 12 pounds. I can't do math. Shit. Um, they are both just animals. Yeah, so I, I think what, I, what I'm really excited about, and this is to not, not to discredit 
Cam Brown, Jan Johnson, Ellis Brooks, Jesse Lucada, every other linebacker that we have. If we get to a point where you see Micah, Lance, and Brandon as our three linebackers, their numbers are 10, 11, and 12. And I think that's, that's really kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Not typical linebacker numbers, though. No, honestly not. I mean, 11. Usually you see them in the 50s. Yeah, 11 is like historic for Penn State, right? LeVar Arrington. Yeah, um, true. 12, I think that's Brandon Smith's high school number, so uh, I'm okay with it. And then 10 for Dixon. Yeah, why Trying not? to keep that numerical order going. I like it. 10, I like, 11, I like where his head's at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, cool to see that. And, and I think with those guys, too, seeing that they are, you know, bigger dudes. Even Lance Dixon at 6'2", 213, that's – as a high school senior coming in, like yeah, we'll get him on that level five meal plan. We'll, we'll bulk him up, you know. <laughs> the frame is there. It's, it's pretty <laughs> exciting. Um, moving next to Adisa Isaac, who is a uh, a defensive get some end. West Commons cookies in him. Put some weight <laughs> on, you know. Dude, those chocolate chip <laughs> cookies. Listen, if you are on campus listening to this, go to West Commons, get yourself some cookies. Absolutely. Uh, Adisa Isaac, uh, one of the top defensive ends coming in, listed at six four two thirty two, which is not bad. I, I honestly. Not bad. I, I thought that was pretty good. You look at some comparisons. Uh, Yeeter, who is obviously a specimen, yes. uh, 6'5", 265. That's our boy right there. Gotten some weight on the, on the young bull. What did um, he come in at, though? I, 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 I need to do the full research and go back. It's probably hard to find. Yeah, it's, it's, you have to go kind of back into older. Yeeter, if you're listening, let me know what you weighed uh, <laughs> one year ago today. <laughs> DM me, bro. <laughs> Just slide in those DMs. Let me know what your incoming weight yeah, was. Yeah, incoming it's height. Not a weird weight. request. Flaccid penis size. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we get weird here. Um, but to get back on track, uh, I did compare Erect to penis size. <laughs> God, we're going off the rails. Um, to get back on track, for the rest of the DNs, I did look did look through. Every DN we have is actually two fifty and mm-hmm. over, except for Shaka Tony, who is known as a speed guy. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. What's he weigh? Two thirty-six, I think Ooh, it was. Okay. Um, so Adisa Isaac is kind of right there right now. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he projects. Is he going to be a, a smaller speed guy, or is he going to put on weight and become one of these big brawlers like a Yeeter or one of these other we'll guys? We'll see. Um, next one, Noah Kane, running back, uh, highly touted running back, comes in at 5'10", 209. Um, we talked all year how like we that. hated we hated the comparisons of Miles to Saquon. I'm going to compare this guy to both Miles and Saquon right now. Of course. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) So this is actually when they came in, because I I did the research for these two. was actually a little easier. Uh, So Noah comes in at 209. Any of those other stats I was mentioning? Did you find those? No, no, no. We should probably probably talk before we record. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, guys, if you want stats, go to the nerds, okay? We're we're just talking Penn State here. Um, But, yeah, Noah comes in at 5'10", 209. Miles was at 205. Saquon was at 222. So kind of Ooh. in the middle there, more on the side to Miles, but I, I really like Noah Kane. I think he's going to be a fantastic running back for us. And it's this is almost one of those kind of like, what's the word, spoils of riches kind of things where we've we've gotten used to so having good running, running backs, backs now. Yeah. Like Ricky Slade is really talented and is probably going to be the lead guy. Well, you've got Noah Kane and Devin Ford coming in, not to mention Journey Brown, who's still on the team as well. But these two guys coming in are both super, super talented. And Noah Kane, early enrollee, He's putting out videos of him training on his spring break back in Texas. He is committed Looking to good. playing early, getting in three years NFL. Like that's what he talks about, and a lot of lot of college freshmen talk about that. Hey but man, I, I, I like that kid, ambition though. I think this kid's gonna. Kid be knows good. what he wants. I'm I really, like really that. Excited. 
and yeah, the, 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 one, the man who thinks he's gonna win and the man who thinks he's gonna thinks he's gonna lose are both usually right. So yeah. I like where this kid's head at. I love that quote. Put that on a T-shirt. Um, and the last one we'll call out Brenton Strange, tight end. I just think his name is cool. He comes in at six three two twenty two. So we talked earlier with our string of success at tight ends. Um, How tall is Fryermuth? He's up there. Fryermuth six six maybe six six. Yeah, he's big. Ish. Uh, six three is not huge for a tight end. No, it's not. And and because Koontz is even taller. I think yeah. Koontz is like six Half seven. Th- wasn't Gasecki like six eight? Yeah, they're they're yeah. all up in that range. So six three is not that tall for Brenton Strange. Uh, two twenty two is on the lower end. Koontz, who came in and is on the skinnier side, is two thirty six. Brian moves up at 262. That yeah. boy is big. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they use Brenton Strange because he is kind of that he's kind of that like new age tight end where it's just kind of a bigger receiver. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how they use him. But um, yeah, that's spring practice. There's not a lot to talk about. It's day one. It's exciting. Uh, they talked about wealth of talent at tight end yeah. in recent years too, man. You yeah. gotta love that. It's it's all about the talent and everything that we talk about about incoming talent incoming recruiting has to translate on the field right it's got to be got to be results and that takes us to the penn state pick'em uh if you are a listener of this show you know that i love gambling if you're a new listener uh please hit my venmo it's open at chris dash hankin uh oh the bookie a lot uh (laughs) kidding kind of uh but let's let's look at a couple of future lines so this is way too early things are going to change but opening lines came out the first one for under over on the win total for the season, I saw that eight and a half. What are you thinking? I mean, that's a. You, first of all, you have to remember this is not what Vegas thinks Penn State's going to win. This is to make people bet. Mm-hmm. I, that's a perfect fucking total, if you ask me, because nine wins would be a good season with, you know, a new starting quarterback and still a very young team. I would say ta- I would still take the over though, because I think eight, eight would certainly fall short of expectations. Agreed. If we have an eight and four season. It's gonna be kind of, kind of bad taste in your mouth, and this is this yeah. is the problem with the expectations we've had since probably 2016 when we won the Big Ten championship. It's everyone expects Natty, you know. Everyone expects a national championship, mm-hmm. Big Ten championship, college football playoffs. So it's like it's kind of like it's almost taboo to think that we would win less than nine games. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's it's a great line to get people to bet on both sides, because the homers like us are gonna say the talent, the talent. We have so much talent. Of course, we're gonna win nine games. Uh, and then, you know, people looking on the outside say, okay, you lost Trace, you lost Miles, you lost two of your yeah, offensive a lot linemen, of the, the talent you lost Amani, you lost Sharif, just on and on and on. Yeah. It's you lost two linemen out of an offensive line that wasn't great. Um, you know, you're, you still have the same group of wide receivers that had trouble catching the ball last season. E- even the contributors from last season are still young. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I fully understand the line. That being said, I will be hammering the over. Absolutely. Um, if you're shopping around for a line, a lot of books don't even have it out. Um, like for guys like us, that's an easy over pick. Easy. If they put it at nine and a half, that'd be tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I'd still take the over, but it'd, yes. be, it'd be tough. Here, I will go on record. I've said this many, many times. I am never, ever going to take the under on games one. You could put it at 12, and I probably just wouldn't bet it at that point. <laughs> I wouldn't bet to take the over, but I wouldn't bet. I'm never going to actively root for us to win less games. That's just stupid. I, I like and that. Listen, that's the betting with your head versus betting with your heart. I don't care, man. doesn't matter. Um, I live yeah. with my heart. <laughs> Eight and a half, I think, uh, is a good number. If you're shopping for lines, you might want to wait a little bit because I think I do think the public is going to is gonna go hard on the under because of 
those things that yeah, we just listed. Things. So I, I could see it moving down to to a flat to eight. eight yeah. I don't think it goes to seven and a half. I think that's just too easy. And I don't over. I don't think it'll go to uh, nine either. No, no, no. Because I mean, you look at our schedule, and we'll we'll do a full preview. But you look at the big three of Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. I think at worst we lose two of those. I don't think we lose all three. And then you give yourself one other fluke loss, three losses. Okay, nine and three. I'm happy. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I think for the under-over. <laughs> uh, national championship odds. Normally, next I would talk about Heisman, but unfortunately, we don't have anyone on the Heisman list yet. Yet. Uh, I don't know if you Wait saw. Wait till week two, baby. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Tommy Stevens tweeted that. Uh, probably my favorite tweet ever. Tommy tweeted. I, I don't even think he said anything. I think he just simply retweeted the tweet of the opening Heisman odds, and obviously he wasn't on it. Like, understand. He's never so. started a game. Guy has never started. He's injury. He's injured coming into the season, but I was just like, that's so so ballsy. I, I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> I love the confidence from Tommy Stevens. Uh, so no one on the Heisman list just yet, but if you want to look at national championship odds, some of the like conference ones will come out later. Hey, odds to win the Big Ten East, odds to win the Big Ten. National championship right now, Bovada has Penn State 75 to 1. Not bad. That is massive. The last few years, we've been in like the – 20 to 40 to one range if you have any faith and listen i i I understand how ridiculous i sound national championship is an absurd expectation it is very absurd listen if you got 10 bucks you want to have some fun 750 is not a bad payout it's true i mean that math's right right 75 times 10 750 dollars you got 10 bucks you want to have some fun i'm going to do it i might throw 20 bucks on that it's probably gonna be like 50 or 100 but hey i'm a degenerate it's what i do um yeah I, i that number will will only get worse, uh, meaning your odds will, will go down. Because game one comes out, we perform well, it's going to go bad. Like it, it just If you want to bet it, bet it now. That's what I'm going to say. I like that. All right. Uh, I think that's all I have for spring practice. Anything else? Anything you're excited about for spring? Um, I don't get too excited about preseason sports. Oh, yeah. You've said this before. This Not is a your, fan. This is your take. Preseason sports or the, was, it, was the most meaningless thing yeah, in the world? Yeah, the most meaningless thing in the world. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's pivot then into the combine. Uh, so this is this is the meat of our football talk. Um, we did a little preview of, of what we thought guys were going to do, and obviously combine has come and passed. And overall, I think it was generally positive for us. I think there are a couple of guys, and we'll, we'll talk about them specifically, a couple of guys who made good, good names for themselves, jumped up the boards. I think there are a couple of guys who were probably flat, but I don't think anyone really hurt their stock tremendously. I, yeah. I, I just don't. I think it was overall a – Pretty much what we expected. Uh, did you get to watch a lot of it? Actually, the only person I saw live was I saw Trace making some throws. Okay, and I thought he looked good. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so let's go. Let's go player by player here. I have them. I don't know what order I have them in, um, but we'll go through. Do a little little bit of a recap of kind of how they worked out. We got some Twitter questions mixed in here. Some TQs, Woo! as Pat likes to call them. Uh, so let's start with Miles. Miles Sanders is the guy that I think. Helped himself the most at the he combine. He looked good. Um, I think as Penn State fans, we've known what he's capable of. But we've talked about it. One year as a starter, <laughs> despite good numbers, he had good numbers. One year as a starter, playing in Saquon's shadow. He didn't get maybe as much of the hype as he should have. Yeah. And I think he opened a lot of eyes. Um, so NFL.com uh, on the combine tracker, they, they give ratings for each player. It goes from 4.5, which means like, not really even a chance to make the roster up until 10, which is once in a lifetime player. I think the highest grade ever is like a nine point something. It, it doesn't go past. Do you know that. who got that? 
I don't know. Listen, I can't believe Saquon to get a ten. Right? No, and they, yeah, Jagos. there's there's like I mean, the, the nines are like the freak, like once in a generation players, like an Adrian Peterson like is Saquon probably Barkley. out there. I would have for Saquon. I don't know how high he was. I will look <laughs> that up. Maybe I'll edit it back in here. Probably not. Uh, so Miles gets a five point eight, which is a chance to become an NFL starter. That's good. A fair assessment. Yeah. Uh, in his career or in this first year? I believe career. I think he's better than that. I, I agree. So the the thing to keep in mind here is like again, getting getting above even a seven or an eight is like this this scale is skewed. Most yeah. guys are in the five to six range. Miles gets a five point eight. They have his pro comparison to TJ Yeldon. Okay. Don't hate it. Um but let's talk a little bit about his his actual performance. So Miles comes in, runs a four four nine forty, which for him, really good. Um, I mean, yeah, that's quite fast. Well, for for us, it's fucking amazing. I think. What, what do you think you would run in a forty if we had to do it right now? I mean, I can tell you what I ran in high school. Oh God. Okay. What was it? Four seven. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Like I thought you were gonna say like six two or some no, shit. Four seven, baby. Well, yeah. High school, we were in shape back then. Yeah. Right now, I, if I broke five, I'd be astounded. Yeah, I don't think I could break five. Okay, new topic. Next year's combine. We're gonna do the combine. Oh boy. Yep. <laughs> Start training, buddy. <laughs> uh, but Miles runs a four four nine, and this was big for him. So I think one of the things that that critics talk about on Miles, and, and honestly we have as well, is he doesn't quite have the breakaway speed that Saquon did. Again, I know it sucks to compare, but that's life. That's how it works. We've seen where he he has the really quick initial burst getting through the first and second level. But, like, on those runs where he breaks it for 40, 50, 60 yards, there are a couple times he gets chased down at the end, yeah. right? He just doesn't have that. So well, running – There was a great comparison of the two of them. Yeah, they had like the Saquon's shadow running oh, with they Miles. Oh, they overlap him, right? And Miles' first – I know his first 10 was. It might have been his first 20 was actually faster than Saquon's. Mm. That's And cool. then Saquon caught him. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I didn't see that, actually. Yeah, because Saquon ran a 4-3, I think. Something like that. Or 4 – no, 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, it's 4-4 four, four flat. Um, which is crazy that we're talking about a difference of nine one hundredths of a second. I know, but shit, it it matters in the game. Um, so that was really that was really big for him. I think that showed scouts like, yeah, he he can move, right? He's not the he's not the four three barn burner, but he can move. That's not a concern. Yeah, I mean uh, four four nine for a running back is still very fast. Very good. Uh, twenty reps on the bench press, thirty six inch nice. vert. Uh, he was best in the three nice. cone drill, which is uh, a test of agility. Yeah. Best, best of running backs in the three cone drill. That's great. Yeah, and then he was third in the twenty yard shuttle. So both of those are, are agility drills. That's phenomenal. Really, really well. So I, I think he, I think he firmly moved himself into the round two to three conversation at worst. Yeah. I think I think what we should do here is we'll we'll, go, we'll talk about the player and then give our predictions because NFL drafts coming up. I don't think we need a full another episode on that one. Yeah. So my prediction for Miles is round two or three. I, I don't think it's round one unless somebody really falls in love with him at pro day or in the interviews. I, I think that's just a little high. Um, but I think, like I said, the scouts are coming around. Matt Miller, Bleacher Reports, like head scout, uh, tweeted the other day. I was way too early on Miles and I was wrong. Like I moved him up way up in my ranking. Um, a lot of a lot of scouts on Twitter that are doing their in-depth film breakdown are putting up highlight clips of him and saying like how good he actually is. So I think round three is like his absolute floor. If if he if he is still around in round four, every team has made a mistake. I totally agree with you there. Um, round one, the fact of the matter is, teams just know they can get a better value in round two or three. Like very few teams are going to draft a running back in round one. And if they are, it's going to be a guy who's a top five pick. Um, 
I I also agree that three is basically his bottom, like his his floor, because I I think this combine has kind of put him on the map for teams are now looking at him as a second to fourth round pick. And when they watch film on this kid, they're going to realize he's got incredible patience behind the line. He makes great cuts and great moves, and he's got great vision, and and he doesn't fumble the football. Yeah. So, yeah, he he had some fumble issues early, but I, I don't see it as a concern. I I personally don't. And and again, it's it's one of those trade offs. Whereas you can you can shape the data to make it look like anything, right? You can say, oh, he had more fumbles than this guy, but again, look at the production, right? Look at the yards. Mm-hmm. Look at the touchdowns. Are are you willing to work on that? And it's a minor problem. I think most teams say yes. So. Yeah, a uh, quick Twitter question, and we kind of just answered it, but from our guy, Jeffrey Wallizer Jr., uh, says, Miles Sanders did well at the Combine. Do you think he now has a chance to go in the second round? Both of us agree. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think I think a team will abs- will jump because, again, one of the reasons he came in this year is because the running back class is fairly thin. There's there's not a Saquon, a Zeke, a Gurley, a Fournette, not really in this class. You know, there, There's a couple of guys that will go in the first round just by nature, Um I, I think he goes second, third at worst. Moving on uh, to the most controversial Penn State player at the draft, our guy Trace Woo! motherfucking McSorley. Uh, that is his middle name. I've just I've decided That's it. True. I've said it. Um, he was asked to participate in defensive back drills. I saw that. What a slap Disrespect. in the face. Did he do it? I don't no, think he did, no, right? No, he, he declined it. Good for him. Um, and this is – I mean, this is – it's something you see every year. Last year it was Lamar Jackson getting asked to work out as a wide receiver. There are always the college quarterbacks who people say there's no chance he can be a pro. He has to go to another position. I'm happy he declined it, honestly. Yeah. By the way, Lamar Jackson proving these people wrong, too. Yeah, he had a, he had a great end of the year in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy he declined it because Trace being the guy that he is, part of me when I first read that report was like, oh, shit, he's going to do it because he wants to show he's a team player and willing to do anything and all that. And, like – I'm happy he stood his ground. Good for him. Like also, he hasn't played defensive back in five years. Since high school. Yeah, so <laughs> probably wouldn't be the best look for him. <laughs> That's true. Or I he don't, just I goes out as a safety and lights kids yeah, up. Yeah, maybe, cool but, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, happy, he, I'm happy he denied that. Uh, one of the other big news stories was they were interviewing Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and his quote was, when I saw that kid, the first thing I thought was, could he be the next Julian Edelman? Because Edelman was a college quarterback and now Super Bowl MVP wide receiver. Mm-hmm. When has Trace ever been a wide receiver? Listen, like these honestly, guys honestly, just throwing this disrespect <laughs> out there for our guy Trace McSorley. So much disrespect, and I Julian know Edelman was a college quarterback. Yes. Trace McSorley was the college quarterback. Okay, Boom. the Penn State University college football quarterback led them to more wins than Julian Edelman could dream of (laughs) at a major program, a Big Ten championship, school records, okay? Unreal. Unreal. See the next Julian Edelman? No. Julian Edelman wanted to be the first Trace McSorley. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I don't get it. Like, and yeah, again, Edelman was a quarterback in college. I think it was Kent State. Uh, Yeah. Kent State. We play them every year. How's that go? Boom. All right. How's that go? Trace (laughs) fucks them up. Uh, Yeah, and, and. I get it, right? The, it made sense for Edelman to switch over, and I think he was drafted as a quarterback. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm almost positive he was drafted like as a quarterback and then flipped to wide receiver once in the league. Here nor there. The thing that pisses me off even a little bit more about this is Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints. If you're going to make a comparison, you got a guy on your roster named Taysom Hill who is your backup quarterback slash do-it-all weapon. 
He runs. He receives. He throws. If you're going to make a comparison, why not make it to that guy? Right or Drew Brees, you know. Or Drew Brees, I'll be okay with that too. Or Drew Brees, Um, that is that is one of my favorite things that's coming out. Like people talk about Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and then the next two names on the list are Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, because everyone's talking about Kyler's height. No one ever talks about Trace. Trace, and people get so mad. Like this is Trace. Why aren't you talking about Trace? Quite frankly, I don't care that people like aren't talking about him in the in the top conversation. Champion. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna take the New York Jets. Sorry, Sam Darnold. We're over you. Kidding. You, see, you look kidding. pretty good, but uh, you know kidding. you're no Trace McSorley. Um, <laughs> but but here nor there. I, I, here's here's how I see it: is Trace will get drafted as a quarterback. I again, mm-hmm. I will put my life savings on that. Teams are going to fall in love with him. You look at the people that are starting games in the NFL, let alone people that are riding the bench. Can't tell me backup. Trace McSorley is worth worse than Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman, Chase Daniel, uh, Tyrod Taylor, still going around. I mean, he he's decent, but yeah. like. The, the backups in this league are just are are that like Trace could absolutely be a journeyman backup, make his money, be like a team leader. Look at Josh McCown. I still think Matt McGloin's better than Nathan Peterman. And Matt McGloin started games in the NFL. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, look, look at look at uh, Josh McCown. He was on our Jets. He's been a journeyman. He's been a backup. He, they basically call him a QB coach. On the field, right? He, he he can go in. He can run your offense if you're starting. Has he hurt. ever had a season where he started as quarterback and finished above 500? No, I don't think so. But but the point is, like, if you need if your quarterback goes down and you need someone that can go in, run your offense, not throw four interceptions, yeah. and and survive, like Trace can be that and then some. You know exactly. what I mean? And yeah, and he might just surprise you. Yeah, and I think honestly, the Taysom Hill role. I know that's kind of new, but what I love most about that is he's 100 percent a gadget player. But, like, the Saints put him in, and they'll have him run it up the gut. They'll have him receive. And then he'll throw, like, a 50-yard bomb. You're like, wait, was that Drew Brees? Oh, no, it was Taysom Hill. That's right, baby. There's a role for Trace, and it's going to happen. We'll I will find bet, it. We I will, bet will any find one it. Of you. Again, it's probably going to be somewhere in the five to seven round range. I'm jumping yeah. ahead to predictions. Sorry. Um, but but that's it. So, for him, NFL.com has a 5.09. So, remember, Miles was at a 5.8. Trace at a 5.1. Better than average chance to make a roster. Well, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I think it should be a little higher. But I I'm mean, biased. of course, I think it should be a ten. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> listen, we're not that biased, okay? Uh, his his pro comparison is Chase Daniel, um, which yeah, Chase Daniel's not a terrible quarterback. He's a guy that's happy being a backup. He comes in when your starter goes down. What's yeah. he on the Bears now? Trubisky went down. He came in. He was fine. Is yeah. he gonna is he gonna win you a Super Bowl? No, but he's a serviceable quarterback. Um, Couple notes on Trace. Uh, 4.5740. Fastest QB. I was going to say that's lightning for a QB. Super fast, but we know this. We know he's a runner. Yes, we do. So, like, this is one of my favorite things about the combine is people pick and choose which stats they want to talk about. They're like, but he was the fastest quarterback. He's the best. That means he's the best. And then it's like, okay, but he had the worst vertical. That's not true, but I'm just saying, if it were. And he's like, oh, well, that, that doesn't matter. Vertical doesn't count. Like, you can't have it both ways, right? I like, uh, and I don't think. I think I think the combine stats give you an idea, right? They don't they don't hardline say yes or no. This kid is gonna pan out. Of course. Um, so Trace, yeah, uh, fastest fastest QB. He did have a 33 inch vertical. If you're wondering, good. Um, we do have a Twitter question and shit. I'm just answering these before we talk about them. Sorry. Uh, this comes from at Penn State fan eight. Name is Chris K R I S. Did McSorley's speed at the combine get teams to look at him like a Taysom Hill? Very versatile for some change it up plays. Maybe at best. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know 
I think teams are confused. I, I think teams are confused what to do because of the narrative of he's just a college quarterback and he can't make it. There's going to be a lot of teams who just take him off their board because of that, and that's okay. Yeah, you don't need 32 teams to love you. You need one. But there's all yeah. There's also going to be GMs who just say, well, you know, are we get why not take a chance on a seventh round pick for this guy? Yeah. What's like, like what are we missing on on the seventh round that we're not going to get out of Trace McSorley? Exactly. I, to answer the question of Penn State football fan eight. Uh, or Penn State fan eight. I, I don't think there's a lot of teams. I would say no more than maybe two or three sitting there going, man, we could really use this guy in a bunch of different ways and like already thinking of how yeah. they could use him. It's in the back of their heads. Somebody's going to take a chance on him in round five, six, seven, and he's going to be on a roster. Th- that's going to happen. Venmo me your bets. I'll, I'll take them all. Uh, so what's Love your it. prediction for where he's going to get drafted? Six or seven. Okay. I, I think we're agreed on that. Um, and the last stat, uh, <laughs> Chris stat guy over here. There he is. Uh, People, again, people have argued me vehemently about this. Vehemently. I don't know. I say that word wrong. I say it wrong. Uh, People argue me all the time that he's not going to get drafted. He's not good enough. Do you know the last time that there were less than 10 quarterbacks drafted in the NFL draft? It's kind of a trick question. I don't even have a guess. kind of a trick question. No, no. It it, it happened. It's kind of a trick question because the the most recent time is actually 2015. If you remember, though, that year was – Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, and no one else. So yeah. I think there were like eight or nine guys drafted. Before that, to get less than 10 quarterbacks drafted, you have to go back to 1998. It's a long time ago, folks. people draft quarterbacks. It just happens. Yeah, so it, if you're going to tell it, me— One of the positions you might as well just take a chance on. If you're going to tell me that Trace is not a top 10 quarterback in this draft, which is very clearly dry on quarterbacks, mm. you talk about Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins— Drew Locke from Missouri and then Daniel Jones from Duke, I think. Those are like the only four that they're really, really even talking about. He'll get drafted. Moving on. I digress. Next up, Sharif Miller. Uh, I think Sharif had a good combine. Um, I think he's a guy that coming in, a lot of scouts say he's a day three guy, which means round four plus. Mm -hmm. Uh, He worked DN drills. I think he did some linebacker drills, and, and he looked good. Uh, so the NFL.com has him as 5.56, which is a chance to become an NFL starter. Okay. Uh, his pro comparison is Andre Branch, who, honestly, I don't know who that is. Neither do I. Um, I honestly don't have a lot to say on Sharif. I think he had a good combine. I think I think he showed what he's capable of. I think he's around three to four guy, and I think three is probably a little optimistic, but yeah. edge rusher is a premier position. People need edge rushers. He showed that he's athletic. He showed that he can get to the quarterback. And if he's showing that he can play in, like, multiple systems as maybe an outside linebacker, because that's that's really what edge has become, right? It's kind of a new last yeah. four or five years. It used to be you're either a D-end or an outside linebacker. Now edge means you can kind of do both a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a lot to say, but I, I think he had a good combine. He looked good in the workouts. Um, didn't hear anything negative. Uh, yeah, that's that's my, my hot take on Sharif Miller. Yeah, I see. I'd be a little surprised if he goes in the third, but it could happen. For those where you know he's he's versatile and edge rusher is always a premium. Um, I would predict four or five. If he slips to six, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna go like ceilings and floors, and I think that's actually a, a Twitter question. So before I forget, let's get into that. Uh, Kegels Bagels, our guy. Oh, dude, uh, love Kegels. Says which PSU players in this class <laughs> have the highest ceilings and floors? Kind of answering that as we go through. Oh, I have a question for you, Kegels Bagels. Is that an actual bagel establishment? If so. Where are you? 
and Can you send us some? Yes. How do I acquire some Kegels bagels? Yeah, I mean, it's just a guy in the profile picture that has no, like, affiliation to bagels, but I hope it is because just w- Just wondering. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of bagel? Uh, everything. Ooh. Of course. I'm a salt guy, which a lot of people say is weird, but I like salt bagels. I like a good salt bagel. Yeah, it's pretty delicious. Honestly, you know what it, You know else is weird that I like, though? Um, like a good bagel, a good whole wheat everything bagel is incredible to Really? Me. Yes. Oh, wow. Toasted You're with some chicken salad. You Boom. are so L.A. <laughs> whole wheat bagel. Mm. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I actually have a quick funny story uh, about Sharif Miller. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it. Um, so I was on Instagram the other day, uh, sometime last week probably, mm-hmm. and I see that Sharif is live, going doing like live videos. So nice. I like tune in. I'm watching for a little bit, and he's just talking to I don't know. There was like 40, 50 people there, talking about the combine. People are asking him questions, and then you can like bring other people into uh, the the Instagram live. Okay. So Marcus Allen joins him. Cool. And I was like, that's cool. So I was like, oh, maybe this will be like some interesting stuff. So I started like screen recording it because I was like, oh, if something cool comes up, that could be like a cool post. Made a little bit of a post afterwards, and it was nothing bad. Like, it was just him and Marcus, like, joking about the combine, just talking, having a good time. Uh, they gave a shout-out to, like, their coaches for getting them prepared. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I, I posted it fairly late at night. Uh, no lie, like, two and a half minutes after I posted it, Sharif Miller DMs me, like, hey, man, did you take that down? <laughs> I was like, yeah, sorry. And, like, looking back on it, that's my bad, Sharif. Like, I probably should have asked you or at least tried yeah. to – well, I to say, like, hey, is it okay if I post this live video that has no record after you stop going live? Like, In sh- in your defense, you probably thought if you had asked him, he just wouldn't have responded. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I, I felt bad because, like, he and, – and he was super nice about it, Sharif. You have an open invitation to come on this podcast anytime you'd like. He was super nice. He, he, he messaged me. He's like, yo, can you please take that down? And I wrote back, like, quickly. I was like, absolutely. Sorry. I didn't think it was a problem. He's like, thank you. I was like, okay, cool. Like – very nice about it, but uh, Much respect, sure. lesson learned. As as we get into this media yeah. biz, uh, don't record people's Instagram lives and then post them as clips. Um, of course. Sharif, I love you. I hope you get drafted in the third to fourth round. Moving on. Uh, Amani Oruwarie, uh, one of my favorite names, I think, of all time. Um, because it's fun, it was always fun hearing announcers like really, really struggle with it. And it's a tough name. It's a good one, though. It's um, one of those names that's not just tough to pronounce because it's different. Like, the sounds are difficult for your mouth to make. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you're working out your lips. Overwari. I can't do it. It almost sounds like one of those, like, uh, acapella warm ups, right? Yeah. Red leather, yellow, yellow leather. Overwari. Overwari. Girl gargoyle, guy gargoyle. Back to football. Amani. He is rated as a 5.74 by NFL.com, so just under miles at 5.8. Uh, chance to become a starter. His pro comp is Razul Douglas, who I think is with the Eagles right now. Um, pretty solid corner in the league, I think. I don't know, maybe. Um, I think Amani had a really good, really good combine as well. Um, you and I talked about he was in the senior bowl with Trace, and there there were some reports that maybe he didn't do himself. Yeah, some justice. He, um, I I heard some bad reports out of the senior bowl for Amani, which then were not helped by the fact they didn't play. Right, exactly. So I think this erases any doubt because he he did really well. So one thing that scouts have loved about him and the reason why we heard him as a potential first round pick, you know, a couple months ago was that they love his size and his length. He's a tall, lanky corner. And in the NFL, you need to be that. One of the questions has been about his speed. Is he fast enough to run with the top running back or top wide receivers rather? Comes in and runs a four four seven forty, which is Excellent. fucking great for him. Not necessarily great for a corner, because there are guys running four three, four three three, four four. But he's he's just not that guy, and that's okay. 
right? Yeah. He's not Greedy Williams from LSU, who's a speedster. Like running under four five for him when that was his only question mark, super super good, yeah. and I think that helped him out a lot. Um. Uh, what else? What else? Amani. I'm sorry. I'm losing my notes. Um, yeah, I think he had a good combine. Uh, I, he, he played well in the drills where I forget what they call it, but they, they run like a straight line and they have to catch balls coming at them left. Oh and yeah. Right. He did look great in that one. Looked really good in that one. Um, looked good in, in the ones where they kind of have to open up their hips, show their fluidity, which was another big issue that uh, scouts had with him at the senior bowl yep. practice was, yep. is he too is tight? It, yeah. Where his hips too tight, his ability to break in and out with the really fast guys. So the fact that he looked good doing that is, is probably going to help him quite quite a bit. Yeah, and and cornerback is another <laughs> premier position. When we talk about like the top premier positions that you need to draft well at in today's quarter, NFL, quarterback excluded because again that's you know a given. I mean it's left tackle, edge rusher, corner. Yeah, probably. Like those those are your big three that you have to nail right, uh, and that's going to lead into a Twitter question. This is what we call foreshadowing. Um, mm. So I think for Amani, uh, for me, it's it's round two or three. Um, I, I think at this point there are enough corners in the draft that will go in round one that I think he's kind of bumped outside that first group, yeah. which isn't a bad thing. Like it, It's not. There are just some really good corners. So I, I think he's a round two guy. Um, I think three is, is the floor. Like I don't see him going past that. I think he's probably like mid-round two, if I had to guess. Okay. Um, I think his, his stock took a, just a bit too much of a hit in the senior bowl practice, and – I would be very happy with a two. I, I, I think a one is totally unobtainable. For Agreed. Um, I, I predict him being a three. I'd be very surprised if he drops past three, though. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying this because the Jets don't have a second-round pick and you want him to Obviously. the Jets in the third? Cool. Quite clearly. Uh, very, very cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, I think the combine really helped him. He's another I know one. Mike McCagnan listens to this podcast. He does. <laughs> Mike, nice job getting Le'Veon Bell. We're happy. Um, but yeah, I, I think he did. I think he did himself a service at the combine. I think. I think he upped his stock from whatever perception of it falling there was. Um, moving on, uh, next one is Connor McGovern. Um, so Connor gets a 5.8, exactly the same wow. as Miles, uh, chance Good. to become an NFL starter. Uh, his pro comparison is Roger Saffold, who's who's a very very solid NFL lineman. Um, scouts love Connor, absolutely love him. And it's always kind of baffled me because I've always viewed Bates as the better prospect. And I think that's just my, like, lack of true football knowledge. Like, we know football enough. That's why we're talking about it. But I don't know all the technical. I'm not an offensive line, like, specialist. Um, To me, Bates just looks the part. He's, like, a big, like, jacked for a fat guy kind of thing. Yeah. He's got the beard going. He plays tackle. Like, Connor. Looks like a man. Yeah, it looks like a man. Yeah, farts and burps. Connor to me <laughs> looks like kind of like he looks a little softer, and that's not like an insult. He's just got he's like got a rounder face, looks younger. Yeah, like he sh- he doesn't look like he's gonna maul you. And then you watch him on tape, and he does. And like that's what scouts love about him. One of the one of the reports was that he has the size and power to come in and make an impact right away. But they say a lot of times with even bigger offensive linemen, it takes them time to get that power to translate. And people love that about him. Uh, they love his versatility. He's played all five positions on the line. Projects as an interior lineman. Will probably be a guard or a center. Um, but they really like him. He he is the only one that I've actually seen um, like consistently projected as potential first round or top two to three of his position. After the combine, it kind of dropped a little bit. And it, I don't think it's because he had a particularly poor combine. There were some drills that he didn't participate in, so I think maybe that affected it. But it, it's not that he did bad i think there were just some other guys that kind of started getting more looks right like for miles 
he shot up the running back board. There were some probably some other guys who were up there higher that dropped down. I think that's what's happening for Connor. I still think he's going to get drafted high because of just the need. Lineman is a Draft. very premier position. I'm rambling. Sorry. I did know, uh, did I know he do the bench? He did not. Uh, no, he did. He did. I lied. I completely reps. lied. Uh, 28. 28. I think. That's very good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, said Miles got 20. Yeah. Miles, Miles did pretty good. There, there were a couple of like just jacked running backs that, that did more, but Miles did pretty well. Like tw- um, 20 reps at 225 is insane. Like I can do, I can barely do twenty reps at one thirty-five. <laughs> I was gonna, I thought you were gonna say you could do any reps at two twenty-five. I don't know if I could do one. I can do a few. Okay. Well, <laughs> listeners, you just got a little insight brag, into but, uh, who's stronger. Old Pat's in the two plate club. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he, he he did twenty-eight because him and Bates had the, had the same. They both did twenty-eight. Um, but yeah, I, I think Connor is going to get drafted very high. I think he's and I my projection is actually round one to three. I think one is a stretch, but it wouldn't shock me. If he's picked at like, I don't know, 20, 25 range in the first round, wouldn't shock me at all. Like, it, it still subconsciously does because I just personally, my brain can't get there to view him that way. Yeah. But that's a me problem, not a Connor problem. I essentially have the same prediction. I'd be more surprised than you if he goes in the first. I, I see him as a second rounder. And, I mean, yeah, I'd, based on other people's predictions, I'd be surprised if he was a third rounder. Yeah, but I, like, I don't I see could, him, you know. Yeah, I say one to three, I guess. If, if he got hedging. picked in the third round, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God. Yeah. He got robbed. Oh, he slid so far. Like, what's happening? No, I, I agree. Um, but but I think it'll be interesting. And this is this is what probably my favorite uh, favorite Twitter question. Shout out to our, our guy, CJ Goon, CJ Scalzetti, says, who do you think gets drafted first between Connor, Miles, and Amani? And he actually wrote Armani. I'm, I'm guessing that's like an autocorrect, but I thought that was kind of funny. Um, maybe that'll become his nickname. Yeah, Armani, Connor, Armani. Miles, and Amani. Connor, Miles, Amani. If you look back at the predictions we just made, probably Connor. I think. I think though. Okay, so you're going Connor. Yeah. Okay, I think for me it's tough because since I've read this this Twitter question and these were tweeted to us on March 5th and 6th, we're recording on March 13th. I'm a little lazy without recording. I've talked myself in and out of each one of the answers being right. Because like I think our projection for all three of them are about the same. You look at Miles, Amani, Connor. yeah, but Could I think Miles has the lowest ceiling. Meaning, in there's no terms chance of getting picked first. You're yeah, okay. I think he's the best player yeah. out of the three. Yeah, but in terms of how valuable his position is in the NFL today, okay, I don't hate that. Um, so you're saying like for for Miles, ceiling is round two, floor is round three. I mean, the floor for Miles could be. A, you know, I don't think he belongs there, but he could be in round four. Yeah, but let, let's talk about just our predictions. For me, Miles is highest is two, lowest is three. Yeah. I don't see him going past that. Agreed. Amani, I said two to three as well, because again, I just I don't see how he creeps into that. But first there's round. like there's like a outside chance that he goes in the first round. Yeah, because corner is just such a high need. Yeah, and and you need it. Um, and then Connor again, again because there's of his an height. outside chance. Okay, so so if we're gonna rank. If we're gonna rank them based on probabilities, it's probably Connor, Connor Amani, has that, yeah Miles. has the highest probability of being in the first round. Yeah, so highest probability of going the first out of all of those is probably Connor Amani, Amani Miles. Miles. Who do who would I pick first if I was a GM? Probably Miles. Oh yeah. Well, it depends on your team need, of course. But I like, mean, if I'm just ranking on who I think the best player is, it would go in reverse order. 
Yeah. Miles, then Amani, then Connor. Yeah. Which, again, maybe just speaks to us like liking the sexy I know positions. the least about offense. Of That's all what I'm the, saying, right? Yeah, like of all the positions back, in football, sexy position. I know the least about it. Lockdown corner, sexy position. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not just sexy. It's the most visible. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. The only thing that generally the only thing you see out of offensive linemen are when they fuck up. Yeah, or if it's just like in a ridiculous pancake block yeah. like uh, Quentin Nelson where he's screaming the whole time. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that answer. Again, do I want all these guys to get drafted in the first and second round? Yes, we're rooting for Penn State players, but I'm trying to be a little realistic for the fans here. Um, Got to keep the credibility. Yep, uh, so let's finish up with the last two. Next is Ryan Bates. We kind of just talked about him. Um, he gets a 5.15, which is better than average chance to make a roster, similar okay. uh, to Trace. Um, he ran a 5.0940, which is 10th for all O-linemen. I, I thought it was good. really good. Uh, again, yeah. I don't know how much stock they put into the 40 for linemen. For but offensive linemen, very little. But I thought it was cool. Shows um, that he's a good athlete. Yeah, exactly. And and again, for me, he looked the part in the drills. And this is probably my dumb brain, but like he had the cutoff sleeves. He looked in shape. He had the beard. He was moving well in the agility drills. Mm-hmm. Like he just he looked the part. And and what I read a lot is he played tackle in college. A lot of scouts project him as a guard because they don't think he's quite, you know, lengthy enough to play tackle, that could be a really good thing for him, yeah. right? I think he played tackle at Penn State part out of necessity, right? He was our best all-around lineman at yeah. the time, and they said, hey, we need you to play out there. If he projects as a guard and can just go in and do his thing, might be really good for him. Um, my projection for him, I, I'm realizing how biased I am as I get down here. I said around four to seven. It's probably more realistically five to seven, Um it wouldn't shock me if he's middle of the fourth round. Like, I, th- I think he's a good enough athlete that, again, there's only so many O-linemen, you know? When you get down yeah. to those rounds, it's pick your favorite, right? Yeah, I would guess five to seven as well. Okay. So, Bates? Again, like, if he gets picked in the fourth, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, yeah. what were you thinking? <laughs> but, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, five to seven probably. Okay, cool. When, uh, once you get past those, like, top five offensive linemen, they really pick them much later. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, again, I think I think once you get – Let's call it round. Like those round the rounds like two and three and four are filled with running backs and linebackers. Yeah. They don't get picked in round one unless right. unless they are the best one in the class. And you'll you, get a you'll couple see of those like this year. One, two running backs and two to three linebackers. Inside linebackers at least. Okay. Get I was pick, gonna say linebackers. Get picked changing. in the in the first round. Yep. After that, like two rounds two and three filled with running backs and inside linebackers. Yeah. No, I think that's fair because you, you'll tight see ends. you'll see some linebackers, uh, the Devons, Devin Bush and Devin shit, what's his name, dude from LSU, Devin White and and Josh Allen and Josh Allen. So Josh Allen, yeah. I look at more of an edge. I think the Devons are more inside linebackers. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. It is hey rounds one through four, you're you're making your money. You're filling yeah. your needs. You're uh, getting the your inside guys. linebacker is no longer the premier defensive nope. position in the NFL. It's like, not and as as recent as you know. Probably seven years ago it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, again, th- this is the evolution of the edge, right? The Von Millers, yeah. the you know, the Joey Bosa's, th- those kinds that Plus, are. Plus, you know, the the passing attack in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you need to rush the passer, right? Um, so yeah, the the days of a Sean Lee, even even more recent guys, a Luke Keekley, like mm-hmm. that that like field general in the middle, it still exists. But yeah, edge is more important, so to say. Um, and I probably could have thought of a lot better names than Joey Bosa. I went Von Miller, Joey Bosa. There's probably a lot better edge rushers. We'll get back to it. J. Anyway. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, idiot. He's pretty good. Uh, idiot myself, not J.J. Watt. <laughs> I, I'm an J. idiot J. for J. not getting What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up because we're going here. Uh, last one is Kevin Givens. 
Uh, he gets a flat 5.0 from NFL.com, which is 50-50 chance to make the NFL roster. I don't have a lot to say about Kevin Givens except for this one thing that pissed me the fuck off about the NFL Combine. Mm-hmm. Kevin Givens, Twitter went crazy because he ran a 4.78 or a 4.8240. People are freaking out. Like, oh, my God, we got to start looking at this guy again. That's Aaron Donald level. That's Von Miller level because they looked at, like, his 10-yard split. And truly, the based on this unofficial timing, his 10-yard split was the best sense in Aaron Donald, a Von Miller, putting him in that elite category. An hour or so, two hours goes by. They come back with the official time, the 478 or whatever the hell it was, is now a 508. What? Yeah. How <laughs> is that possible? Just completely changed. And, and honestly, the same thing happened for a lot of people where their unofficial was one thing. The official comes in and it's wildly different for better or for worse. Right. So I need to understand in the in 2019, in the world of technology that we have, why can't we get just lasers that track everything? Yeah. Like, why is that so hard? At the NFL combine. It's unbelievable. Like what's unofficial? Does that mean like someone's sitting there with a stopwatch? No, it's they have from the way I understand it, they have like, you know, sensors or cameras yeah. or whatever that's tracking it. But yeah, that How could it be me that off. big of a difference. It was I, I kid you not. There was like an hour on Twitter where we were so hyped. Like Penn State Twitter was going nuts. Kevin Givens, yeah, man, like getting his. And then That's it came back, insane. just kidding. And like I felt bad, like because shit, he probably thinks he just ran a yeah, great sucks forty. For Kevin Givens, yeah. Man. Like sorry, that sucks, man. He probably thinks he just ran a great forty. Teams are probably coming out of the woodwork, like hey, let's go chat with that kid. And then all of a sudden, eh, maybe not. Yeah. So. That's a fucking I, bummer. Yeah, so that that's the one thing I'll remember about him from this combine. Otherwise, I think he had a fine combine. Again, he didn't hurt his stock by any means. He's been kind of – I think he – if we're going to rank all of them, I think he, him and Bates are probably the last two out of these guys. Yeah. Um, which, again, doesn't mean they're bad. They were invited to the combine. We have plenty of guys that were not, right? Um, but but I would put him – I don't want to – I don't know if I want to say undrafted. I think he's I think he's the late round. He first. could go undrafted. And that's going to bring us to our last Twitter question. Um this is uh, part two of CJ Goons when he asked us who was going to get drafted first between the three guys. His second part was, do you think all seven PSU Combine guys get their name called? So again, to run them down, the seven that were at the Combine, Miles Sanders, Trace McSorley, Sharif Miller, Amani Oruwarie, Connor McGovern, Ryan Bates, Kevin Givens. Um, probably not. And that's not like a slight on any of them. It's just like, I always seem to overvalue the guys that come out of Penn State. Yeah. Like, I was astounded the other year when Cabinda didn't get drafted. That blew my – and Grant Haley, yeah. who is now, like, probably a starter on the Giants next year. Yeah. If not a very strong role player. Yeah, I just – I th- and it's not that I think any specific one of them won't. It's just the chances that all seven is – you just look at the odds of it, and it's not great. Yeah, I think I – think, again, if you're a new listener, uh, I am a bona fide optimist. Pat is a logical guy. He brings the <laughs> logic. And when I get excited, he brings me back down. Uh, no, I, I think that's a fair assessment based on just pure probability. Um, again, I, I'm betting my life savings on Trace, but is there a chance he goes undrafted? Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, there's not. Kidding. But is there a chance? Yeah. Yeah, there's there, a chance. There is, right? So maybe it's Trace. Maybe it's Ryan Bates. Maybe it's Kevin Givens. I don't know. One, somebody has a chance to go undrafted. I hope that's not the case. I, I, I do hope all seven of these guys hear their name called. And honestly, it would be great to see some of the guys that didn't go to the Combine get their name called. So um, that's all I have on the Combine. Quick note on the Pro Day. Uh, pro Day is coming up on March 19th. 
Uh, it's my mom's birthday. Shout out. Ooh, Shout hey. out Mama Hankins. Uh, guys that will be participating in the pro day, uh, Ryan Bates, Jake Cooper, Koa Farmer, Kevin Givens, Connor McGovern, Trace McSorley, Sharif Miller, Amani Oruwarie, Miles Sanders, Nick Scott, Jonathan Thomas, DeAndre Tompkins, Kyle Vasey, and Chaz Wright. So basically all of the guys that were in the combine and then a handful of guys that didn't. Um, I think for the guys that went to the combine, you'll see very select participation. Sure. Right. There's yeah. no need to redo everything. A lot of times what this is is if you underperformed at something at the combine, you're going to give yourself a chance to do it again. Or if you didn't do something at the combine and the scouts want to see it, you do it at your home turf kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Trace will throw. I mean, if I know he him, will. he will. Um, because, again, he's, he's trying to prove himself kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think most of the guys, if you look at, like, Sharif or Amani, they'll probably just go through the ball drills. They're not running a 40. You did it at yeah. the combine. You don't need to. Um, so that's on March 19th. Um, probably can follow on Twitter. A lot of the Penn State accounts have some good coverage of that. Uh, but overall, I, I feel good about the NFL draft. Yeah. I, I do. We've talked a lot about how we're in this progression where over the last, call it, eight to ten years-ish, we're, we're moving from, like, where you, you, you kind of hope a couple guys get drafted to a point where it's, it's becoming the expectation and the, the tide is shifting towards the earlier rounds, right? Yeah. Last year, Saquon was like our, our golden goose, right? Got, got us right up there. That's yes, sir. It's once in, once in a generation kind of thing, right? We're not going to have a number two overall this Very year. Very often, yeah. This year. I was going to say not soon, but not this year. Um, but, yeah, to have six to eight guys drafted, to start in the right direction. Yeah, we talk about all the talent. I'd, I'd be surprised if anyone who didn't get invited to the combine gets drafted. I, I but, agree. Uh, I'm calling my little sleeper, most likely an undrafted free agent, but I think makes an NFL roster. Nick Scott. I love it. That's I my, love that's it. My guy. Yep, Nick Scott. Uh, I like him a lot. Just another pure Penn State guy. Absolute leader. Uh, he, I mean, he started as a running back. Great football IQ. Great football IQ. He's played safety. Came into the role really well um, th- this year. Played well. Great team leader, great guy in the community, supports Thon. I think he gave us a retweet for, for one of our Thon stuff. Thank you, Nick. Uh, again, open invitation to come on the podcast. Um, yeah, I, th- I think out of those guys, too, um, I think the only other one I might throw in there is Vasey because he's a long snapper, and I don't know. <laughs> like, I Long snappers no don't get drafted. Though. No, no, not drafted. Not dra- all right, not drafted. Undrafted, like make a team kind yeah. of thing. I thought True. that's, oh, yeah, I that's, thought that's good, what we nah, were doing. That, that's My a bad. good point. Let me, let me be very clear. Kyle Vasey will not get drafted <laughs> in the NFL draft. I promise okay. you that. All right. My point of being like undrafted could make a team because I don't know like what the path for a long snapper to get to the NFL is. I'm rooting for you, Kyle. Uh, but I think that's it for football. So we, we've got, you know, it, it's football season again, which I'm excited about. Spring practice. Um, a lot of things are happening. I think the next couple months we'll, we'll do some episodes on on some previews. Uh, again, this is our second season of, of football. So what we're trying to do here is not be your run of the mill Let's look at the offensive line this year. Let's look yeah. at the defensive line. We want to give you guys a little bit of different spin on it. So let us know what you want to hear. Let us know some some interesting scenarios. Hit us up with those Twitter questions, uh, and we'll be covering the team going into into the new year. Um, that's all I got. All I right. think. I think yeah. we're gonna wrap it up there. Are we? We're not doing uh, any. Big Ten wrestling? No, no, we are. I'm saying for football. For football. football. We're wrapping up there. I was just trying to think of a good way to end it, and I couldn't. So if you're still listening to this, it means I haven't edited it out yet. Thank you for listening. Here comes Penn State wrestling. Let's pivot to Penn State wrestling. Pat, big things happening this last weekend. Yes, Big Ten championships this weekend. Um, The obvious news is Penn State comes out with the team win by a wide margin. This was largely expected. Um, I would say it was a good tournament for Penn State. Wasn't 
a great one based on expectations. Mm. I mean, it was great based on what any other team in the country would do, but based on Penn State's expectations, good, not great. Okay, great, um, not elite. Jay yes, Franklin, exactly. Shout out. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, there are ten weight classes. I'll go through each one. We come out with four champions. It's pretty, pretty fucking good. Forty percent, not yes, bad. That's not bad. That is quite dominant when you <laughs> when you break it down. But I was hoping for more. Um, so we'll start with one twenty-five. Devin Schnupp, I've talked about before. Schnupp doesn't, you know, he's a good kid with a lot of heart, but he doesn't really belong in as Penn State starting one twenty-five pounder. I th- he may have won one match, but he didn't place. He's not going on to NCAAs. Uh, lone, that's the only weight class that we don't have a wrestler going to NCAA to NCAAs for. So nine out of ten kids, still pretty great. Uh, Roman Bravo Young looked very good. My man RBY, he lost in the semifinals to um, Luke Pletcher from Ohio State, who he beat in the dual meet in that overtime ride-out victory. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, that. He, he lost a hard-fought hard fought match to Luke Pletcher and then went up against Iowa's Austin DeSanto in the... Um, consolation? Ba- ba- yeah, the consolation semifinal. Okay. Um, to get into the third-place match. DeSanto is a kid who has an unbelievable motor. He's relentless, and he's like the heel of college wrestling. Okay. He's he's the bad guy. <laughs> I love that. I didn't know that existed, but I like, oh, it's like some WWE dude, stuff. Dude, it's him. Okay. Uh, and he went out, and in the first period, Roman got absolutely dominated, uh, taken down, I think, four times. So at the end of the first period, the score was 8-4, to four, I believe. Um I'm so I don't have all the scores up in front of me right now, guys. I'm sorry about that. You're giving la- me shit. Little for lazy notes there. In my I football know. rant, unbelievable. Um, but second period went through with little action, and then the third period, Roman actually got a takedown or two, and he only lost. I think he lost uh, eight to eleven. Okay, so lost the overall match, eleven yeah. eight. Yeah, eleven eight. But from where it started to where it ended, I think is a huge. What was a huge confidence builder for him, knowing because I I gotta be honest with you, I. After the first period and actually the first two periods of that match, I was like, not only is he not making the third place match in this tournament, if he comes up against DeSanto and NCAAs, he's got no chance. Yeah. Was, was he the favorite to win this? DeSanto was. Okay. DeSanto was the higher seed. Okay. Uh, DeSanto was the two. Roman was the four seed, got I it. believe. Um, and But by the end of the third period, I said, you know what? Even though he's not making the third place match, if he comes up against DeSanto again, you know, he has a legitimate chance. He, will he be the favorite? Absolutely not. But he's shown that he can take him down, and he's shown that he can kind of weather the storm. He just do a better job of it early. Okay. Well, that's more than you can hope for, yeah. right? So uh, Roman Bravo Young still looks very promising going into the NCAA tournament. Um, he took fifth place. Uh, he got a basically a, a forfeit win in the fifth place match. Um, so, you know, we didn't get to see what he would have done there. But I, I still expect an All-American outcome, which is top seven guys, or top eight guys, um, in the NCAA tournament. Okay, so let me ask this, because I think this we've talked about this before, but I, I still might be a little unclear. To get into the NCAA tournament, you don't necessarily need to win your conference. No, you it's, it's very complicated in wrestling. Okay. There's a um, certain amount of um, spots per weight class for each conference. So, like, I think at Big Tens, the top seven 133-pounders all went to NCAAs. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Which is a lot. So there's so in the national championship there's a lot of people per weight class. Yeah, uh, there's 32. Oh damn. Generally, at at least I think. Oh damn. So um, yeah, okay. It, it's well, I mean, it's really complicated because you have all the um the people who finish high enough in their conference tournament to go, 
And then there are other people who actually get automatic qualifier spots mm. as long as they wrestle in their conference tournament based on the fact that they uh, have a hard enough R- high enough RPI ranking and a high enough win percentage. Got it. Okay. So okay. It's so it's a, a mixed it bag. It is. It's complicated. But the point being, there's 32 guys in a weight class, yeah. so finishing fifth in your conference is good enough. And, I mean, 133 is the wildest weight class in the country this year, and especially in Big Tens. I can't tell you the last time I weighed 133. Uh, senior high school. Psh, damn, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So Roman Bravo Young, going to nationals, going to NCAAs. Uh, What's your like? Are we hopeful? Uh, you're expecting a championship. You know, there? I'd be really happy. I I would be shocked if he wins a national championship. Oh, you, I'm sorry. You said top eight or reckon or top yeah. seven or recognized. I, th- I think he's got a chance to finish fifth again in nationals because okay. uh, he can beat Pletcher. He's done it before, and it was a tight match. Um, he can do that if he comes up against some of the NCAs. He won't be the favorite, but he could do it. And uh, same thing with DeSanto. Um, he could beat him. An upset could happen. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. RBY, rooting for you, brother. Yeah. So I, I think a top five finish would be great, but doable. Yeah. You know? Um, then we go move on to 141 where we had Nick Lee, number two seed. Should have been the number one seed, but we'll get past that. Um, loses in the semifinals to mm. uh, Joey McKenna from Ohio State, a guy who he beat in a very tight match in the dual meet against Ohio State. Lost a tight one in uh, NCAA and at the Big Tens. Uh, comes back and... Wins pretty handily in the third-place match. Okay. So, uh, Nick, I'd, I would be very disappointed if he finishes worse than third at the national championships as well. Um, I th- he's a guy—141 uh, has a returning national champ again this year in Yanni Diakmahalas from Cornell. Uh, but Nick Lee is going to have a chance. He's absolutely in the top three guys at that weight. I was going to say, what's his seeding going to be? Probably two Probably or three. Probably three. Okay. Three or four. And, and let me ask you this, too. The— as far as like conferences go, is is Big Ten is Big Ten a strong by conference? far the best? It's by far the best. Okay, so it's a good litmus test. Like if you're if you're strong in the Big Ten, you're going to perform yes. well on the national scale. Like there, there's a pretty good chance that what you finish in the Big Ten tournament will be exactly what you finish at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, like you shouldn't be worse. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wouldn't say you shouldn't be, but it depends on the weight class. Okay. Okay. All um, right. Fair. Keep going. But uh, yeah, I would say a third place finish would be about the worst I would expect from Nick Lee. Still very hopeful for a national championship out of him. And he's a true sophomore, too. So oh, nice. Big things to come. Yeah. Uh, then we move on to 149. We got Brady Berge. Um, I'm trying to Say remember. Say that name again? Brady Berge. Have we talked about that? Because I, I like names. I feel like I would have remembered that. Uh, so he's been in and out of the lineup with uh, Jared Verclearen all, all season because he's had some injuries. I remember Verclearen. Yeah. So Brady Berge. What a yeah. name. Okay. Uh, Berge also lost in the semifinals to, oh, God, who did he lose to? We really need to prepare more for these shows. I really should have. I, d- I didn't think I'd forget this. <laughs> Sorry to the listeners. Um, he lo- who? Hold on. He lost to whoever lost in the finals. He didn't lose to the champion. Um, I'm trying to think. He lost to the kid who lost to Anthony Ashnall. Yeah, we know that um, guy. Actually, no, the kid from uh, Micah Jordan from Ohio State. Of course. Um, and it wasn't particularly close. I think he lost by six or seven points. Mm. Um, and then, honestly, I can't. Remember what he finished either. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, I do. He for he actually medically forfeited in his medal match as well. Oh man, yeah. Uh, so took fourth place. So was there actually something wrong with him, or is that one of those weird like forfeit things? You know, I'm not sure. He's had enough injuries this season that they might have just been like, "Hey, play it safe." Right. Like you're not winning the tournament, you may as well play it safe here. Um, 
but I, I doubt there was anything seriously wrong with him. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, yeah, and we move up to 157. As they say in Flow Wrestling, Nolf, next topic. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I'll give you a little background. Nolf comes out with a first-round pin, then a major dis- – he get, actually gets a first-round bye. Then in his first match gets a pin, then I believe a major decision in the semis, and then goes into the finals against this kid, Taylor Berger, who's been talking a little bit of shit about Nolf. Um, first mistake. Yeah, so he back in like a couple months ago, Taylor Berger says, you know, he I'm leaving Twitter until NCAAs where I'll be coming for scalps, and yes, that includes Jason Nolfs. Calls him out by name. Huge mistake. Um, and then when they get into the ma- and in the dual meet, I think Nolf either majored him or like a big decision. And Jason Nolf majors this kid in the Big Ten finals. It's not close at any point. Um, honestly, all the kid did was not get tech fault or pinned like he he just didn't have a chance at any point during the match uh he came in with a very hard club on jason nolf's head like hit him very hard in the head at one point is that legal yeah okay gray area (laughs) yeah at the end of the first period and after that jason nolf just like really turned it up and started pouring on the points good and it was nice to see good for him yeah so then we got 165 vincenzo joseph a, a guy who's a true junior i believe true um, two-time returning national champion, but has never won a Big Ten championship. That blows my mind. Well, get ready for this. He uh, gets the first round by, naturally is the number undefeated number one seed, uh, wins his second match, pins Logan Massa from Michigan in the semifinals, and then loses to Alex Marinelli in the finals uh, by a score of, I believe, 9-3. to three. So the streak it could have been 10-3, to three. yes. So he's going to be a national champ. Is what you're if you me. believe in patterns, yep. it is guaranteed okay. that Vincenzo Joseph is a national champion this I'm year. I'm okay with that. I, I, I buy into it. It's yeah. like that old uh, Alabama football, New England Patriots. You ever seen that one? Exactly. Yeah. Or like the Cavs or the, the Warriors and some of theirs. There's one thing where it's like Alabama wins and Patriots don't. And then Patriots win and Bama doesn't. It's, yeah. it's been going on for a while. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so, yeah, Vincenzo Joseph, national champ. Both Obvious. Um, so I, am, I do have to admit I'm very worried about – Chenzo coming into the tournament. Not that, that he's going to perform poorly, but that he might not win. Mm. Um, Which would be a disappointment. Yeah, after being a two. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got a chance to be Penn State's only four-time national champion. Ever? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, it doesn't happen. Very, there's only been two ever. No, I mean. There's, I, no, there's been three. Sorry. Three okay. ever. So it's rarer than I thought. But I, the three, I just figured. Three guys Penn in college dominance. history. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Okay. Penn State's dominance is only in the past ten years, though. Got it. Okay. Um, hey, Chenzo, rooting for you. So he's never he's this is only the second time he's ever wrestled Marinelli, and it went a lot like it did the first time, uh, where Chenzo goes for a move called an inside trip, and Marinelli kind of just bulls through him and puts him on his back, mm. and ends up getting a takedown and back points. Happened in both the matches, so I'm very worried about it. Oh, How you get like double whammy there, huh? Yes, takedown plus points. It's a yeah. six point move Ooh, essentially. That's big time. Yeah. Um, however. Vincenzo, so the two, the guy he beat twice in the finals, uh, Isaiah Martinez, Imar, as we call him, in you know, in in the world of wrestling, the shit nickname. Uh, <laughs> I'm not intimidated by Imar. Uh, you should be. <laughs> he could probably kick the <laughs> shit out of me. Well, he he was a two-time national championship champion before Vincenzo. He would have been a four-timer if it wasn't for Chenzo. Well, good. I hate him more. Chenzo never beat him except in the NCAA finals. Wow. Lost him in every dual meet and in every Big Ten tournament he ever wrestled him against. Only in the Big Ten final and in the NCAA finals could Shows he beat Imar. So Shows up for the big game. I, I, as worried as I am, Chenzo has had me worried every year going into yeah. NCAAs. Yeah. So 
par for Let's the go, course. Let's go, baby. Okay. Uh, then we move up to what is that? I just did uh, 74. Mark Hall. Not much to talk about. Guy pretty much breezed his way through the tournament. Uh, did, did He did have a tight win in the finals against uh, Miles Amin, who he had a tight win against in a dual meet. Um, the, the big story from Mark Hall also, at, in celebration, played his recorder yeah. to get $500 donated to Thon. Way to go, Mark Hall. That was For amazing, the kids, man. baby. That's from your boys, Flow Wrestling, That's right? right. Yeah, they donated 400 Mark donated 100 of his own money. What a guy. Did you see they actually tweeted uh, – yeah, the whole thing. If you if you if you didn't follow this, I don't know how it all started, but Mark plays his recorder after winning or some shit. Um, Is that like his trademark? No, it was. They or it just happened one time. They did. Um, so Flow Wrestling did a documentary about Mark Hall back when he was in high school. Okay. So he was a high school phenom, six-time state champion. Incredible. The guy won a high school state championship as a seventh grader. Oh my god! I was gonna <laughs> say, how do you get six years in high school? That's amazing. Yeah. So. So in that documentary, he they, plays the he recorder? He plays the recorder. Got it. So, and so, so something happened yeah, where Flo they told Wrestling him. tweeted like uh, the video of him playing the recorder. was like, we'll donate, uh, we'll donate $400 to Thon if you play this. Or I, I think they said we'll donate like 200 to Thon if, if you play this in celebration at Big Tens. Yeah. And he tweeted back, like, make it 400 and I'll donate 100 of my own. Yeah, which was amazing. So if you, if you see the video, like he's getting his, his post-match interview. And, and the guy's and he, like, are you going to play the recorder? He's like. Okay, I'll do it. The like guy, no, the guy didn't even ask him. He he was like, "Well, hold oh, on, okay. I got this. I got this thing here." Right. Pulls the recorder out of his bag, and all of a sudden the crowd starts booing. And he Mar- almost didn't do it. Yeah, because he thought the crowd was booing him doing that. <laughs> it turns out they had turned off the uh, the mic, oh. so the crowd was booing that they couldn't hear him playing the recorder. And he went on and played probably hot cross the, buns, the baby. best rendition of hot cross buns I've ever heard. I mean, it was it was dynamite. I it mean, was, it's just that, was the last that, time you heard hot cross buns for the kids. It's been a long time, man. So that was incredible. Flow Wrestling tweets out like you know money's uh, on congrats. its way. Money's on, and he said they said like we'll cover your hundred. So Flow Wrestling's covered. Boom, doing the whole five hundred. Awesome, awesome gesture from them. Thank you to Flow Wrestling. Uh, and big, big move for Mark Hall to to come yes, through sir. with the recorder. Absolutely. The, so the the big thing for Mark Hall at NCAAs isn't going to be really anyone in the Big Ten. It's going to be Zahid Valencia, who beat him last year in the finals, but who Mark Hall beat earlier this year in a dual meet. Um, and that I'm blanking on the kid's name, but the kid from Missouri who actually pinned Zahid in a dual meet uh, at, at one point this season. So it's, it's going to be a race between those three guys. It's going to be very tough, and I'm very excited for it. I think Mark Hall comes out with the victory, though. Rooting for him. And then we move up to 184, Shakur Rashid. Um, he, he's a guy, he, so he hasn't really wrestled anyone good this season because he missed about half the season with an injury. Mm. Uh, so he, I think he had the two or three seed in the tournament, but he was only like the seventh ranked uh, 184-pounder in the country behind a few guys from the Big Ten. Um, so he comes in, and I think he gets a first-round bye. Yeah, and then wins his next two matches, one of them with a pin, and one of them, I think, with a major decision. And then, unfortunately, I got to say, is a weak-ass move. They injury defaulted him in the final. Oh. Yeah, so he, he forfeited his finals match against Miles Martin from Ohio State, who you guys ri- might remember uh, from getting pinned by Bo Nickel in last year's NCAA finals. Classic. Miles <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Martin is, is a freak, though. He's a stud. And I'm, ac- I'm actually really disappointed they didn't wrestle in the conference finals. Yeah, um, so why did he do that? you have any idea? My guess is there was a, sort of a twofold um, 
<laughs> Two-fold decision, um, may, maybe even three. Miles Martin's incredible. He might not be. There's a good chance he wouldn't beat him. Um, Shakur's dealt with injuries all season. You don't want to go out and potentially injure yourself in a conference final where you might now lose a seeding spot because you lost a match badly. Okay. Yeah, I don't love it, but I guess I can understand it a little bit. It's a smart move, but it's kind of a weak move. Fair. All right. If 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 Shakur wasn't 100% healthy. If he wasn't, I totally understand. If he was actually injured, I get it. But I, I didn't love. I was very disappointed by the move. Okay. Let's move on. Let's get some happy stuff from the ne- next right. class. Bo Nickel. My guy. 197. <laughs> the face of the program, I'd say. Um, I'd say the hair of the program. Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, gets the first round by. Uh, tech fall in his first match. Really just because the kid wasn't doing anything. Uh, wins his semifinal match, goes into the finals against Colin Moore again from Ohio State, who he pinned in 38 seconds in the dual meet. 38 seconds. Yeah. Number two kid in the country, by the way, Colin Moore. He just crushed him. Yeah. Um, and then Bo comes out of that match with, I believe, a major, I think it was a major decision. And, you know, I, I was obviously a lot less nervous than I was before the dual meet because Bo had already pinned him. Right. But Bo really, he really showed that he's just in a totally different class than... Colin Moore or anyone else in that weight class or the country. On there's, the planet. Yeah, yeah. There's really no chance. There's no realistic chance that Bo Nickel doesn't win a national championship this year is what it comes down to. See, that's a much happier story than the yes. last weight class. I appreciate you getting my, my energy back yes. up. Bo and Nickel, then we and go he's just fun to watch, man. Yeah. He's just oh, fun he's, to watch. He's dynamite. I, again, I know nothing about wrestling. Big moves out of nowhere. And we were supposed to watch this together this I weekend. Know. I fucked I up. So I know. I know. I'm sorry. Life happens. Um, but I watch the, I watch the highlights on Twitter. I, right. I mean, I'm getting more into it. All right, he's just a fun dude to watch. Oh, he's I, the best. Man. I really enjoy it. All right, big what? fella. We got, no, we got yeah, at heavyweight, big fella. and the champ Kassar at 285 heavyweight. Only weighs in at about 230, 240. But um, you know, he fucking steamrolled his way through the. Uh, he got he got a first round bye. He was a two seed. Um, wins his next two matches. He's in the finals against true freshman. Phenom Gable Stevenson from Minnesota. Dude's a real deal. People are predicting Gable Stevenson to be a four-time undefeated national champion. He's okay? that good. He's that good. Wow. And our boy just dropped him. He beat him. Wow. Uh, so they go through the first period scoreless. Scoreless. Tight race. Tight race. Um, second period, I think Anthony's on bottom first, gets the escape, no more scoring. Third period, Gable starts on bottom, gets the escape. So we got a 1-1 match in the third period. Gable takes him down. So now, it is a 3-1 match, Gable. You can cut this tension with anybody. I know. Anthony gets the escape, 3-2. He's down by one point. With about 10 seconds left, Anthony shoots it on a double leg, takes down Gable Stevenson. Oh, shit. They go out of bounds with two seconds left. Two seconds that's all Ant's got to do, holding down for two seconds. Whistle blows. Boom. Anthony Kassar is the Big Ten champion. Upset alert. Yes. Oh, my God. That's so Huge cool. win. And he comes down with the patch his chest, goes, calm down. Calm down. I saw that went viral. Well, viral for at least Penn State Twitter and probably for wrestling Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
listen, I, I, keep, I joke about, like, put that on a t-shirt. We're making t-shirts. That's going to be on. <laughs> calm down. Calm down. I'm the champ. I'm not sure like if he said, said I'm it's the what champ. It looks like he says, and I'm going to take the liberty to just assume that is and put that on a t-shirt. Calm down. Calm down. I'm, I'm the, the champ. champ. If that's actually what he said, that is one I mean, of the most badass lines. I mean, his Twitter handle is Ant the Champ Kassar. That's one of the most badass lines it's I've ever great. heard. It's pretty great. It's fucking so, incredible. There's a real legitimate chance Anthony Kassar comes out as a national champion this year. It's amazing. Which is incredible when you think about the fact that he wasn't even he didn't even wrestle in the postseason last year for Penn State. Yeah. He lost his starting spot at one ninety seven to Shakur Rashid going into the postseason and then and bulked up to heavyweight this champion. year, knocked off Penn State's two time returning all American and Nick Nevels to get the heavyweight spot. And now can be a national as a legitimate chance of being a national well, champion. Good for him earning it. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's something you see a lot of times where like someone takes over a spot in any sport, right? Takes over a spot and then does nothing with it. Good for him. Absolutely, it's amazing. So okay, Penn's so we wrap up. We Penn got the team win. Yeah. Uh, so heading into four NCAAs, champs. four champs. Heading into NCAA's, Penn State still has a very legitimate chance to come out of this with seven champions. I would say. Okay, so um, so the four that won, we got Nolf, Hall, Nickel, Kassar. Who are the others that you're predicting on top of that? Uh, Chenzo, yep, obviously still has a chance. Uh, Nick Lee still okay. has a chance. Um, Roman? No. no, I know. I just really like. Oh him. no, no, I'm sorry. I have six. Okay, six. So six to um, hey, that's and then damn j- good and showing. Bergie and Roman should both be all Americans. I, I think mean, Roman's sorry, got so, a better so chance. Ten weight classes, right? Yeah, ten weight classes. We went that's six. nine guys. We went six at NCAA's. Yeah, six out of ten is pretty damn good. Uh, honestly, we should have nine all Americans. Okay. At the end of this tournament, and we should absolutely run away with the team race. And you're saying we're only wrestling nine guys, right? Yeah. So nine. Every nine. single guy in our lineup should end up being an All-American. All right. Listen, there are, there are a lot of things you can take for interpretation. That's not one of them. That's just dominance. Yeah. That's good. It'll be tough for Roman because his weight class is so tough. And then Bergie's one of those guys. He's um, I'm not positive he'll be an All-American, but to be honest, he's not in the strongest weight class. Um. 149 is probably the weakest weight class of, of the year, and he's good enough. I think he very well should finish All-American if he is healthy, wrestles well. Nice. I was looking for a tweet. There were, there were like, conference awards, I think it was. Did I see that? Perhaps. Um, Most Outstanding I Wrestler was a, it was a co-Most Outstanding Wrestler for the event between Jason Nolf and, unfortunately, Alex Marinelli. I saw something that Nolf and Nickel were like co-wrestler of the year. Was this like Big Ten Awards that I, I saw? I think I saw so. Kale Sanderson was like coach of the year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Kale, Kale won coach of the year, and Nolf and Nickel shared Big Ten wrestler of the year. That's pretty cool. And there's a good chance they're going to share the Hodge Award as well. Which is like the wrestler the Heisman. Heisman. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. Yeah. One of them will win it. They might both win it. That'd be fucking cool. Okay, so when is when is NCAAs? Uh, not next week. Not this weekend, but the weekend after. So March 29th? I believe is the final day. Not yep, this no, weekend. March weekend 29th after? and 30th. Well, that's two weekends away. Two week? Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Which are we talking? 22nd, 23rd? No, no I'm 20. Uh, I don't know. 20 Listen, th- it's the 29th and the 30th. Okay, I might actually be around for that. Maybe I'll get to watch it. Yes, uh, we'll be. <laughs> um, we'll watch it. All right. Well, that that kind of wraps up this episode. No, no, I lied no. to you, people. Sorry. No, it's a wait. Breaking news. What is it? Sorry. First day, March 21st, Thursday. Fuck. I'm out of town. Final day, March 23rd, Saturday. Yeah, I'll be out of town. I'm sorry, the everybody. The 24th. I'm terribly sorry. I will not be able to watch it. I will be in New Orleans. I'm very excited about that. Um, all right. Well, you get ESPN in New Orleans. You can watch it. <laughs> well, that wraps up this episode. If you are a first-time listener and you're still with us, first of all, thank you. 
I uh, really appreciate you listening through. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at No Names All Game. Uh, we like to have fun here. Obviously, we joke yeah. around a lot. We talk about how we don't really have the stats, and I could lie to you and say that that's not normal, but it's pretty normal. Pretty right? yeah. We're better. This, pretty this par is, for the course. This is probably one of our more impromptu. We we've been better, and we're gonna try to get better. This is you know we started this again primarily as a football podcast. Um, at this point, we are I would say football one, wrestling two, and then a little bit of everything else sprinkled in. Uh, so shout out to track and field national champion. Oh, shout out to uh, Penn State basketball, Penn State basketball coming on strong at the end of the season and not having to uh, play in the first like the kind of first yeah, they round of uh, the conference yeah. champion or conference tournament, which is incredible. things are looking up. They're not they're not going to make the big dance, but that's unless okay. they win the unless conference they win the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to do. You read my mind. Um, yeah, so, so we talk a lot of Penn State stuff here. Uh, we like to have fun. Let us know what you guys want to hear. Uh, hit us at Twitter, uh, Instagram if you have questions, if you have topic ideas. We love to hear from you guys and uh, really excited. Football season to start back up. Check us out, like I said, Twitter, Instagram, no names, all game. We are.